the double standard is it's glaring. Let me give let me read to you a quote from a from from this guy. He's the the prime minister of not Belarus of Bulgaria. He says about the Ukrainians. He says these are not refugees we are used to. These are these people are Europeans. He says these people are intelligent. They're educated people. This is not the refugee way we have been used to. People we were not sure about their identity. People with unclear pasts who could have been terrorists. In other words, there is not a single European country now which is afraid of the current wave of refugees. Man, no stone unturned. You know what we about. The brothers you love to hate. Now nah, I'm playing. <laughs> Coming at you, 1999. NWA. <laughs> Did you say that you love to hate? <laughs> I said NWA is what I said. Didn't you say something before that about love to hate? The brothers you love to hate. <laughs> <laughs> I said 1999 and then automatically I just heard the n-word because I was like that's what we were all about in the 90s I just went and had a flashback oh you saw was thug like tatted on my chest <laughs> yeah brother what's going on what's crack lacking bro the world is in shambles isn't it listen to me man <laughs> I'm so happy to, to to be with you here today for one I'm just in a great sense of gratitude just in my life overall man you know so I'm grateful for you, brother. I'm grateful that we get to have this conversation and we get to fucking record it and talk some shit. But we're just such in a crazy like point of our in our lives right now. I know that they're going to have a name for this, you know, starting with the election. Right. <laughs> and that whole that whole thing with transitioning from from Barack to to Trump mm -hmm. and then covid and then the rioting and now wars. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be known as. 
I don't know what it's going to be known as, but in history books, they're going to talk about this these last five, six years. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's crazy that we're living it, man. Like the stuff that's happening, the stuff that we just experienced in these last few years are not, it's not regular shit, man. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about it that way. We're living in a time, man, that our history books are going to talk about. Yeah, they'll give some name to this time. It's going to be known as the Dark Age or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's going to be known as the Revenge of the Sith. I don't I don't know what they're going to come up with. But it's it's really interesting that we're here to live it, you know. If we're if we la- you know, hang around long enough, we'll be 80 years old talking about this. And I remember when cuz I lived it. Mm. Most of our peers would have gone by then. There's only some there's only some of us that last that long, right? Mm. And we're going to be sitting in a chair and they're going to be eating this stuff up. It's like when you listen to a Holocaust survivor now talk or somebody that went to World War II, you know, it's like, yeah, I was there and I remember and they're, and they're putting you into this place and it's not a movie de- depicting it, but it's somebody telling you from their first-hand account. We're going to be those people, man, talking about these times. You know, there there's also the like to piggyback on that. If you look into the fall of like Rome just as an example but it's probably the same with any major civilization you can find years before the official quote fall how things were happening of course to the people living in those times they would not have known them as you know the beginning of the end of their empire or whatever or kingdom or whatever the word might be but now looking back on it you can look and see all the different things that happened in the decades before maybe we're living in those times maybe we'll they'll call this the fall or the start of the fall or some crazy shit listen i'm 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 just gonna put my bid in for the title of, of, of this one and you ultimately make the call but the beginning of the end sounds pretty fucking good to me bro it might everybody's tuning out there like oh god it's gonna be one of those episodes <laughs> cut my veins i don't know you never know but it's certainly been been crazy the last couple years like you said we're becoming accustomed to it like this whole thing with ukraine and russia invading obviously we're not numb to it but it's like it's par for the course at this point of course that would happen of course that would happen i still can't believe that this shit is going on i really can't but that's going to be our topic today our main topic today so we're gonna have a lot to discuss on it we're gonna get to that we have no choice we have this to. is like this serious shit <laughs> you know what i mean i mean one false move and world war three could be kicked off and i don't know if people really get that yeah you're absolutely right and i think your proximity you know where you're living in the world mm-hmm. being that ukraine is two countries over obviously your perspective is going to be second to none in this man so your angle will definitely be an interesting one man so again excited to get into it but before we do that's not that's the old song man sorry i'm still stuck in the the new song i'm stuck in the past it's all right because i'm stalling right now because i can't find (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's get into today's fun fact your favorite segment debatable that's the old song All right, so today's fun fact is the hashtag symbol is technically called an octothorpe. What? Say that fast four times. 
Octothorpe. Octothorpe. That's the hashtag. According to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, the octo prefix refers to the eight points on the popular symbol, but the thorpe remains a mystery. One theory claims that it comes from an old English word for village, based on the idea that the symbol looks like a village surrounded by eight fields. That's a good fun fact. I mean, that's... Hey, man. Off the hip? For me to just be, like, off the hip? Because let's be real with the people. I thought I had a fun fact set up for it, so as I go (laughs) into it, I noticed that I didn't pick one. Picked one like in 30 seconds. Cynic was like, man, that was fast. And I dropped this gem off the hip. Bam. That's really weird, though. Like, it's it's one of those things. That, what is they could just drop that name is what I'm trying to say, because no one uses it. The Octothorpe. Yeah. The name Octothorpe. Like today we call it hashtag. Right. Before that, we used to call it the pound sign. <laughs> At least that's what I remember it as when we when we use regular telephones. <laughs> yeah. When we use rotary phones. <laughs> But yeah, Octothorpe, never heard of it. And then the thing, the cool thing is too, is that the second part of that, one theory claims that it comes from an old English word for village based on the idea that the symbol looks like a village surrounded by eight fields. So now when I look at it, it looks like a Google Maps shot to me now, right? You know how the Google Maps kind of has that above image and you have that bird's eye view? Mm -hmm. I see the eight fields that they're referring to. I look at it completely different now. Hmm. Pretty cool. So that's today's fun fact. Random facts of knowledge. Okay, good one. The more you know. The more you know. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> we got another segment, Cynic. I'm not getting out of your ear yet. Not just yet. This one is called Dirtbag Jones. Cue the music. He's a dirt. <laughs> they got him there. <laughs> bro, I'm an Ooh. idiot, bro. <laughs> now you're going to be like, yo, I thought I had a Dirtbag Jones. What ah! I off the hip, this one's called the Cancer Faker. Oh, that's oh, already terrible. Man. They call him their bachelor. <laughs> My high school girlfriend told me she had cancer after our first date. She asked me not to tell anyone and that her parents got really upset if it was mentioned so to not talk about it with anyone. I dated her for about six months. She turned herself anorexic to appear sickly. Once I started making friends, no one understood why I was with her and kept her secret. Well, I finally put two and two together when she told me that she was going in for chemo on Monday. She says she wasn't going to be at school for at least a week. I caught her trying to hide from me before the first class and asked her how her chemo went. She said it went well and that all of her hair fell out, but they sewed it all together and sewed the wig to her head. Yeah, she was a special one. What? Is that what? (laughs) What 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 grade was this? Were they, was it kindergarten or? What? It seems like we're in middle school, right? Like, <laughs> and then I had a purple elephant fall on my butt. To be honest with you, I didn't I didn't read the ending. <laughs> I just read. I got to halfway, and I was like, "This is good." <laughs> so the ending kind of does it. I don't know if we should look for another one or not. No, I'll leave that. But the first is. half, the first half was was weird enough. You know, I think we all know of somebody who's either done something like that or is capable of doing something like that pathological lies for example ring a bell yeah i haven't known anyone like that in a long time like- sergio Ferraldo, you remember <laughs> that guy <laughs> damn talk about putting somebody on blast 26 34 S- northwest 57th lane sf i'm just gonna say sf you remember sf boy that boy was on another level son yeah, so, but I, it's kind of crazy like, that people still try that kind of shit. Or, or maybe it's not trying it. Maybe they're just, they can't help themselves. Is it a disease? Pathological? No, right? Mm, I think that's more like trauma Wait, induced. what does pathological mean, though? Doesn't it mean like 
that you can't that, what do you mean that it can't that fucking like, can't stop yeah it's like it's part of you or something right I don't know. I mean, I, you can obviously change, but you're in a pattern where you can't even explain to yourself why you do it, but you do it. Mm. I've been around people that you know that they embellish. I mean, that's the that's the adult way of saying that they lie when they tell stories, but sometimes they're funny stories, so you let them live, right? And I've been around people that <laughs> that would embellish a story or say something, and that I would know 1,000%, like, yo, this guy's tre- throwing tremendo guayaba. But I would feel like I would feel bad for calling him out. So I'll let them tell them, you know, I'll let them live their life, their fairy tale. Does that ever mm. happen to you when you know somebody's full of shit, but you're like, yo, I'm not even. Because sometimes I'll call them out. Don't get me wrong. It depends on the severity of it. Right. But read the room. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened. But like I said, not for a very, very long time. Oh, man. Andy Toledo. I'm dropping names out here, son. I'm <laughs> dropping names out here, kid. That guy was a fucking storyteller. Let him tell it. Yeah. It's a whole different world over there, man. You guys got all kinds of weird stuff happening over there. Hey, it's it's the it's the keeping up with the Joneses thing, man. Is that everybody wants to, you know what I mean? Like if you're somebody that to you that matters and you want to now over embellish to make yourself seem, it's the pressure, man, of society. Pluck those people, man. Put them out in the country, bro. Take out Wi-Fi. Those people are completely different. Hmm. And it's not to justify that because you're still making the decision mm. to blow the story out of proportion. But everybody knows that person, man. Everybody knows that one motherfucking guy. For all I know, I'm, I'm, I deal with someone like that and don't even realize it. But I, I don't think so. Well, as you get older, I think that, hap- that happens less and less. Because I don't think actively I have somebody in my life like that. There you go. But if I think back, I've had those people in my life. For sure. For sure. So what's next? Do we have... Do I have another segment? That was Dirtbag mm-hmm. Jones... Fun fact, I think we're done, baby. I think it's... We're calling it. Thanks for tuning All in, right, folks. Bro. <laughs> no stone unturned for another three months. We out. <laughs> nah, bro. We got to talk about the elephant in the room. And I think everybody understands and knows that is the current state of Ukraine right now. What's going on, you know, with Russia invading Ukraine. I mean, everybody knows it. I don't think we're breaking any news. But, I'm, you know, I'm interested to hear briefly, like, what's it? like over there actually people don't give a fuck bro listen people do care no some people do you'll see on social media that they'll post certain things and some people are totally aware you don't have to acknowledge it on your social media for me to think that you care you know there's no way for me to really know but if i only judge it on social media on social media posts i I see a handful of people showing their support but cnn for me is on it's been on for the for the past week Mm -hmm. like i'll click off if I want to, you know, see something else, and but then I'll come right back, you know, when I'm working, it's on my laptop. And that's not a good thing either, Cynic, because it's overload of information, you know. And you have to understand that it's still somebody telling their perspective of the news, right? So you, it's not that CNN is the holy grail. I don't need anybody to come after me, okay? I understand news is news. That's just the fucking station <laughs> I choose to watch. Get off my nuts. But I'm on that shit like stink on shit. I don't know if, if everybody has, has that sentiment, but I know some do. Do you... Is, do you think that's influenced because of the fact that we are over here, that you're so um, attuned to it? 1,000%. I mean, I don't. I think because it's going on in the world, and especially with this platform that we've created with this podcast, I would definitely be still be in tune to it. But for me, it's, it's like an uber focus because, my, you know, it can potentially impact, you know, part of my family. I'm asking because when I was thinking about it, I, I was thinking back to, first of all, what I remember from when I used to live there. Um, of course, I was much younger then, so my whole mindset was different. 
Yeah. Um, but even later, when I lived there for a few years as an adult, I came to the, like, if I had to make an assumption, I would have assumed or I would have guessed that probably most people have no fucking idea or don't care. Like, they may have heard of it re- briefly on the news, but didn't, you know, didn't see much of a significance because it's so far out of their world. It's so far out of their sphere that from what I remember about most people over there, it's it's like you might as well be talking about another planet. Like I watch the news from over there as well. So obviously I know it's being reported, but I also know the United States is huge. And um, the fact that it's being reported on the news means doesn't mean that um, most of the people are are aware of what's going on. Or they might be aware, but they might not care because it's just too far away for them. Two things that I want to say to that. The first thing is, I think that social media in this in situations like these is is what really puts a lot of people in the know. Good point. Because you were here pre-social media. Good point. The way we shared information, first of all, we weren't sharing information like that. There was no sharing. It was only news. Yeah. People think now that sharing information has always been a privilege that we've had because it's all they know, right? That, that we're born into kind of this era. But we were there when you weren't sharing information like that. The only way that you came across information like that is if you sought it out or if somebody in your family or your social group told you about it. Mm-hmm. But now you can log on and it's on your explore page on whatever social media true path you're on. That's a really good point. That's one for sure that I think impacts it completely differently. And two, I think it's so crazy that people are dying in Ukraine and there's somebody doing they're doing like a a, a food review. You know, and it's just like it's two, two totally different worlds. Like somebody is <laughs> is fighting for their lives. Somebody is having bombs blow up in their town and another person is talking about the pasta isn't al dente enough. And I felt really bad at that moment. I felt really sad, you know, because it's not that we have to internalize people's grief. I mean, dying is a part of life. I think we understand that that's part of the deal. You're going to be able to experience great things, but eventually we're going to have to go home. So knowing that people are dying, I understand it may not shake everybody. I get that. But it's the manner in which it's happening for me. You know, if, if it's happening in, in, a, in the regular course of life, I think that we all can understand. Still sad. But that's, we all know what, what, what this is about. But when they're mm. dying like that, and then you see somebody completely unbothered or disconnected from that or doesn't feel that, like, I was like, I just, sadness just came over me, man. It was it was an interesting scope to see it through. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, the sad, the, to make to make it further sad, the reality is that that's, that's like how it's always been, right? Mm. Like before social media, like you said, you would only have had, been aware of what's going on by what the news told you right and when the news was off then that was it you know there wasn't you weren't being constantly bombarded from all media um with the with the information and even then the the planet is huge like life goes on everywhere else outside of that place those three words life goes on so unfortunately what you see with social media is you see it going on you know you 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 see that juxtaposition. You see both things happening at once. And so you can compare it and you get that feeling like, what the fuck? But the reality is that that's how it is always everywhere. Yeah. You know? Dualities. There's this one memory that I remember that you had. And I don't know if you remember this. Hopefully this triggers this. I don't remember the war it was. I want to say Desert Storm because you were like in elementary school. Was that the war that was close to you when you were in school? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you looked up in the sky and it was like a beautiful day. And I think you told your teacher, like your teacher made a comment or, or announced to the class that 
right now people are going to war right now and it it was so weird for you because where you were standing it was a beautiful day but you knew at that current time there was people going to war and they were completing a they were experiencing a, a whole different reality do you remember that i do i think about it still <laughs> i'm gonna take a bow i'm gonna take a bow and leave man hey listen <laughs> Listen, if they give podcast awards out, I better go to No Stone Unturned <laughs> because we're unraveling shit here, bro. I don't know why I remember that. I don't wake up at night thinking about that that memory. I promise you. It's not haunting me, all right? It's just things that we talk about spark things, you know? And it plays in perfectly to what we're talking about. And those three words, life goes on, is the sad truth. It does. Unfortunately, um, yeah, it does. And I think for me now, I'm also realizing how, like, I'm also dealing with how I'm reacting to it. And uh, in a way, it's been also surprising for me, the reaction that I've had or noticing or realizing the reaction that I'm having. And I don't know if it's because I'm closer to it than I've been uh, in the past to such a conflict. I have a family here as well, which, you know, I'm sure plays a role. But I think also when you get older, I don't know if I won't say this happens to everyone, but I definitely notice it in myself. The older you get, or the older I get, the more you start to worry about shit that you didn't worry about before. Mm. You know, the more like fear you get because you're, you, you've built up this life and everything, you're always looking for things that are going to threaten the life you've built. Whether it's something as huge as a war like this, or something as small as some annoying neighbor who, who, who uh, you know, you can't do anything about, but they're making your life miserable. Like, yeah. and when you're younger, you don't think about any of that. You don't give a shit about any of that because you feel invincible and you feel like the world is yours and whatever. But when you reach a certain age, you start to like, just take, you know, take stock and look at what you've already built. And you're like, you want to hold on to that, yeah. you know? And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying this is my reality. And I think the reality for a lot of people so I notice this now happening and I'm like, I feel so much more invested yeah. than I ever did before. Yeah. And, but I want to talk about that too later because I, there's, there's something that I realized in that feeling that I, I have to say was kind of hypocritical. Mm. And I guess we can go into it now because, you know, everybody, a lot of people, there's a lot of n noise, a lot of media being co covering this situation right now, rightfully so. So at work, I, have, I work with people from all over the world. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have a colleague that is from Ukraine. I have a colleague who's from Russia. I have a few colleagues from Ukraine and Russia. Um, but I also have colleagues that are from like the Middle East. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even at my job, like I've, there's been certain posts, some certain chats where people, because, you know, they're, they're emotional. So they're writing stuff that maybe really doesn't belong in a work chat. And I realized that the response to... All of these refugees from Ukraine coming over into the into the neighboring countries, Poland, Germany, obviously, um, Moldova, whatever. The reaction to, to all of these refugees, I realized that uh, after the fact, has been completely different than the reaction to all the Syrian refugees who were pouring into these to the European countries mm. just a year, two, three, four years ago. A lot of these Euro European countries didn't didn't welcome them with open arms. Oh man. A lot of them, you know, had very negative um, things or attitude towards all these refugees coming from those countries. And now it's like everyone is open arms and feeling bad for Ukraine, including me. That's why I want to say 
That's why I felt the hypocrisy even in myself. How did you feel when the Syrians, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how did, how did you feel when the Syrians came over? You know, I didn't feel the same. I didn't feel the same. I'll be completely honest. You, you had an issue with them coming as well? No, no, I had no issue with them. Oh, okay. I just didn't feel the, the... The need to help them. You were kind of indifferent towards it. I didn't feel it exactly. I was sort of apathetic to it. You know, it was like, yeah. it was fucked up clearly, but somehow it seemed like things are always fucked up over there. So it didn't seem like anything different. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, maybe maybe it is now that I'm verbalizing it. Let's talk through it, be- baby. Because there's so much, <laughs> you know, fighting always going on in, 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 in countries like that, like Syria and, and, and a lot of Middle Eastern countries, you know, the ones that are not rich, like, you know, Dubai and Kuwait or whatever, but mm-hmm. Iraq and places like that. And you hear about it. And, and if it isn't war, it's just they're being attacked by some religious fanatic, you know, fanatic, fanatic organization, the Taliban, shit like that is going on almost all the time. And I think you become desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. And at least in my, in my case, when I saw all those people coming over, I didn't think anything like, oh God, I don't want them to come. I didn't think that at all. But I also didn't feel a connection to them. And mm. somehow I feel more of a connection to U- Ukrainians. And I've never even been to Ukraine. And they don't even look like me. <laughs> That's the, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's, it's the manner in which they're fleeing. Like it's registering differently. Even though I'm sure the Syrian people were fleeing for some serious shit as well. I mean, were they... They were getting bombed just like these guys. It was a genocide. It's, oh, same thing? Damn, you're an asshole, man. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm saying. When you realize that, that even you have a double standard, you yeah. it, it makes you wonder. It makes me think how the situation here with Latinos coming into the country. I, it, like we we all have issues at our borders, like i.e. United States, Germany. You know, if if you're in in a country that has its shit together, you're always gonna have issues with your borders. What it makes me realize is that we all have similar issues, just as long as you're in the you know first world, of course. Because if not, then your your experience is completely different. I mean, for me, with the situation here with Latinos, like. I think that if somebody wants to come over here and make something of themselves, we should give them the opportunity to do so. I know that not every time they are able they are able to go through, through through the checks and balances, but I do think there should be some type of checks and balances. And this is coming from us, right, where our heritage is Latino and our mom immigrated here from another country. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's situation is messed up, so I want to I want to be careful how I say this, but I just feel like there should still be a system, right? Now we shouldn't make it hard for them. But there has to be a system. We can't just have people crossing the border coming into our country. Does that make sense? It, it does. Because our parents did it the right way. Now, and, and, I, and I'm careful to say that because I'm sure if they were in a shittier situation, maybe they would have resulted to the same. So it's not that we're any better. I don't want to paint it that way. But maybe that's why my viewpoint is let's just make sure that there is a checks and balance system versus anybody just coming in that they want. Because inevitably, you're going to have people that aren't going to be contributing to society, right? And they're going to come here and do wrong things. And we have enough Americans that do wrong things. So we don't need more of that, right? But if somebody wants an opportunity, man, let's give it to them. No, I totally understand your point and I agree with you because I I think when you if you're talking about a situation where you know, you're you're, you're in a corrupt country um or a country that's really poor, so the opportunities are you know, little or no, or non-existent. Yeah. And you decide to to immigrate illegally because you're desperate, but you can't either you can't wait or you can't afford or whatever the case is to go through the process that you were talking about. Or they don't let you. Or they don't let you. Right. That's yeah. that is definitely one form of. I mean, 
maybe that's the wrong way to describe it, but because you could say a refugee is a refugee is a refugee, but it's not true, because someone who 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 leaves their country in that circumstance is not the same as someone who's leaving because they're running for their lives because they're being bombed. Yeah, no, I get you. And that is what's happening with Ukraine, and that is what was happening with Syria. I mean, that it's pretty much the same situation, but the double standard is it's glaring. Let me give let me read to you a quote from a from from this guy. He's the the prime minister of not Belarus of Bulgaria. Okay. okay? Just not to confuse it. Gotcha. He says about the Ukrainians. He says these are not refugees we are used to. These are these people are Europeans, he says. These people are intelligent. They're educated people. This is not the refugee way we have been used to. People we were not sure about their identity, people with unclear pasts who could have been terrorists. In other words, there is not a single European country now which is afraid of the current wave of refugees. Wow. So they're not afraid of the Ukrainians. They don't see them. They see them as intelligent people. They Basically, everything that he describes, he saw, or they, and this is just one country, but there are others. Um, they saw the, the Syrians, for example, as everything opposite. That's tough, man. And there are reports, this I don't know for sure, like I've read that there are reports of People from India, from Africa, so people with dark skin mm-hmm. who live in Ukraine and who also want to flee, just like the Ukrainians, but some of them are apparently getting stopped and not being allowed to leave. What? I'm telling you this, you know, this is like, this unfortunately is also happening. This is the other thing. And I don't want to take away from the shit going on in Ukraine it's at the all. The other side of it. We're going to talk about it on Old Stone Unturned, though. I bet you that. It's shitty, you know? And amongst all those things, like I'm telling you, I still feel for the Ukrainian people and would love to be able to do something. Yeah. But I I do, at the same time, struggle a little bit with, with that double standard, that obvious double standard. How do you think the Syrians are feeling right now? The same way they always felt. Shitted on and and alone, probably. Seeing, yeah, seeing that we, they have another group of people going through the exact same thing that they were going through, but they're being perceived in a totally different manner. How do you think they're feeling yeah. right now, man? That's really sad. I had no idea, man. And this is why I love, like, we got, bro, I got shit on the West. You got shit on the East, baby. Like, we're, we're covering all zones <laughs> here, you know? Because I'm telling you, your perspective, right. and I'm sure there's certain people that might have been, you know, attuned to it, but your perspective is one that I never even thought of. I didn't even know that there were Syrians flooding into... I know everybody, again, has has issues with their borders, again, as I said earlier, but I didn't know that it was Syrians in particular that recently had that same issue. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad. It's sad to... Uh, to think about man and i think about those syrian people and, and 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 there's a part of me that i have to be completely honest like i get it i mean they don't have the best past right like that those <laughs> <laughs> i understand i understand that too and i gotta be honest about that but would i go to the extent to say that you can't come because you're from there nah man what we got to do then is that we got to create a system somehow that vets these people it's a universal system you know no country wants to do that though because that means that there's going to be more people coming into their country. But if we had a like a one database that we can go in and know a little bit about this person, because that's the thing now is that when you come from another country, we don't know your past. So if you were a terrorist or if you are a terrorist, that we are letting you into our country to terrorize our country. I understand that that fear, but we got to care enough about the people that aren't terrorists that we have to say, we can't just look the other way on this and say, well, this is the way it is. 
Let's create something to help people that need help, but keep people away that, that, that need to stay away. I feel you, bro. I feel you 100%. But I mean, what he's saying, while on the one hand, anyone can understand it, what, what you know, his concern, I can, you know, anyone could understand. It doesn't explain how he, why he would not have that concern for the, any of the Ukrainians. Mm. There is no explanation for that. The only difference is that the Ukrainians are, quote, Europeans and they're white. <laughs> right? What I'm trying to say is, why would you assume that a refugee from Syria is a terrorist and a refugee from Ukraine is not? That's what I'm saying. Because it's just an assumption. If you don't have information on the refugees and you don't have information on the refugees, it doesn't matter if they're Syrian or Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah. But you're giving the Ukrainians the benefit of the doubt, apparently. And the only reason to do that that I can see is because of their heritage or color of their skin or whatever the case may be, their religion even maybe, you know, because that's the other thing. All of these countries here have some form of Christian religion, you know, whether it's Eastern Orthodox or whatever, you could, there's all different flavors, but it's all somehow based in Christianity. But then when you talk about Islam, that's a whole different, you know, that's them over there. So that's another thing that, that divides it and gives people a different, you know, makes people more afraid about uh, who they might be. That's the reality of it. And why I read that quote that I read to you was one example. Like I saw and I saw myself a news report report where the guy, the reporter, was saying shit like this. On the news live, he was saying it from his own. He wasn't quoting someone. He was saying it. He was there live, and he was like, you know, I, I wish I could find the, the exact quote that he used, but I heard it, and I was like, yo, is this guy serious? Saying this shit on the news? So it just comes out without them even realizing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't even see it as racist or double standard. It's just it's how they feel. It comes from the inside. <laughs> and that's the type of shit that is is gasoline to keep that type of stuff going like when it's being done blatantly like that on news outlets that are supposed to be unbiased yeah in in, the, in their in their job of exchanging information to the public that's the approach they're supposed to have and they're letting something like that just nonchalantly go that's the type of shit that perpetuates that behavior and that way of thinking mm -hmm. when it's embedded that deep that they don't even notice yeah damn i look good son Look, I found one. This is not even the one, I think, but maybe it is. But this is one reporter. He reports for Al Jazeera, apparently. And he said in his, in his uh, broadcast, he said, these are prosperous middle class people. These are not obviously refugees trying to get away from areas in the Middle East, in North Africa. They look like any European family that would live next door to you, is what he said. I don't get it. Race is just a global issue, man. And I'm telling you, bro, it's something about our makeup. You know, I'm very empathetic towards race. It's like, would I have the same approach and thoughtfulness to it if I wasn't the color that I was? Would I be so aware of the issue if I was white? And I, I answer that as hell fucking yeah, because I know who I am. Yeah. I think for me, I think that way because of the things connecting my brain and my character, right? Um, because to be honest with you, although we've I'm sure you've as have we all have right. We have had our bouts of racism. It's not like we've had a crazy upbringing where we've been called the N word. But you know what I mean? Like, get out of here, nigger. You we don't feed people like you. Like we didn't have that upbringing. It hasn't been rough like that. I don't know. I just try to I try to understand. Maybe that's my way of trying to understand like why that's so easily accepted throughout the world. Mm -hmm. If I go to Asia, some people will be accepting. Just like you know, I think there's people like us everywhere. 
But then you have the other side of the fence. And I know that if when I go to Asia, because it's only a matter of time, there's some people that are not going to be okay with me being there. When all I want to do is just experience their culture. And if, it, if anything, bring more recognition and light. Maybe my story of, of my travels in Asia can inspire somebody else to go and visit your country. So that's all I want to do. I want to experience it from a wholesome place. But you have a problem with me being there because of the color of my skin. Yeah, bro. You know, I, I don't want I didn't want to like make all of this whole conversation about that. I just wanted to raise that perspective. It's an interesting thing, man. It is. Um, and I wasn't sure that, that that was maybe something that you guys were hearing over there. Not at all. That is not even close to the narrative that's being spoken of over here. And that's the thing with me is like I watch what I watch, but I understand that that's still controlled. Like they're showing us what they want to show us. They're not telling us the full story. Yeah. I sent you a message earlier in the week and I told you, I was like, man, I want to go fight for the Ukrainian people. I know the feeling. And there you go, right? But I should have wanted to fight for the Syrian people too. Not that I knew that that was going on. Because if I knew, I would want to think that I would have the same approach, bro. If I knew the details of it, like I know, like they're covering the Ukrainian stuff, at least here in, on this, in the States. But I should have wanted to fight for them for them the same way. You know what I mean? This is, that's a perfect example. I mean, I wanted to move to another part of the topic of conversation, but now this is a, that's a really good point. <laughs> it's a really good point because when the Syria thing, like I did know what's going on. I didn't have any thoughts of going over there to did fight. Did you want to fight for the Syrian cynic? Exactly. I didn't. I didn't think. I mean, it's, it's not that I said, oh, do I want to go fight? No, nah, I don't want. I just didn't think about it. Whereas this situation right now has is, is got me so angry, you know, that I actually would like to go over there and fight if I could. Part of it is Russia too, though, bro. But the Russians were bombing Syria. Fuck the Russians. Oh, they were the ones bombing Syria? Yeah. Oh, shit. No way. It was the same people? Yeah. Check that shit, Siddiq. <laughs> check that shit. Let me, let, me, let me do a little on-the-fly fact check. On the interwebs. Yeah, bro. They dropped bombs on Syria, on Aleppo, and so on. What the fuck was the problem with Syria? What was the issue with them? Uh, I think that would be a whole other show. But I guess I guess they were supporting the the government uh, in Syria, whatever their government was that was in place or is in place. And there were probably some rebel faction that the government was fighting. And these guys, I guess the Russians got involved to help. Because, you know, all of these autocrats, all of these fucking dictators support each other. So I think it was something in that area. Uh, we don't need to get into that. But they were involved. They were bombing. Yeah. So uh, and now and we see people like you showed me a video of these guys in Britain in England who are about to go fight. I told you that I saw a news report of some Americans who are volunteering to go fight. I want to go. They they weren't thinking of doing that either, were they? At least it wasn't reported. I mean, when Syria was getting bombed is what I mean. Yeah. So it's so ingrained even in us that we're. We're thinking we would be ready to go fight. We, we, we think we would be anyway. I mean, I'm I don't know ready. if we would. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to die, but, son. But we're, but we're considering <laughs> it. Whereas when that shit was happening in Syria, it was not even on the radar. It was like, oh, that sucks. Yo, where's my burger? My Yo, cheese my ain't burger? melted. Son. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. Yo, my <laughs> cheeseburger ain't medium rare, son. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. The world is fucked and we're, we're part and of we're it. We're part of the fucking problem. No. Oh, man. What a mind fuck. On that note, do, 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 do. No. <laughs> it's, I just didn't expect to have this outlook on it. I thought that I was going to come in and talk about my view and seriously wanting to go out there and fight, right? And then even talking <laughs> about a little bit of, like I said, the tactical stuff that I want to start getting into because we're living in a different world, you know, and you just got to be ready. We got to be ready. 
But this whole thing with Syria is fucking with me. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't know if I would have had that same reaction, bro. For some reason, I don't see. I have Ukraine, but I know people. Listen, I know people from Ukraine, bro. I'm calling my people and I'm like, how, you know, I'm talking to them and they're not doing good right now. So I know people that live here in the States that are from Ukraine. And I, I, I don't know anybody from Syria. Maybe that's maybe I'm just making things up to make myself feel better. So like, I don't know, man. I don't know, bro. I work with a guy as well, like I told you, and I feel terrible for him. But I there was a time when I when I worked briefly at the airport here and I worked with a guy who was a refugee from, I think, Palestine, Palestine. You know, so I could say theoretically that I also worked with someone and um, he told me about his situation briefly. And he was here also as a refugee. And he was like trying to get his German citizenship, etc. I mean, okay, maybe I didn't work with him as closely as I work with this, this person now from Ukraine. But still, it was different. Like I didn't have the same again. Like I felt like, yeah, it's not new. You guys are always fighting over there. You're always yeah, bombing man. each other over there. It's all right, though. Melissa, bro, this is a this discovery is a beautiful thing, man, because it's how it's. It's how the human mind works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not done from a malicious place. We're not malicious people. We're not bad people. I think now that I'm aware of it, for sure, like, if it's wrong, then it's wrong. You know? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter who it's happening to. I'm more aware of it now, right? Self-aware is being everything. But I think it's a good lesson, too, to, like, sometimes it's, sometimes it is ignorance driving that. For sure. I'm not letting those people off the hook, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's just perspective and where you're standing from. And even how the programming that you've been exposed to mm. influences the way you process things and the way you make decisions, the way you, you see things. And until you uncover them like we did today, right? Yeah. Because now moving forward, that's completely different for us. At least for me, it is. There's no way now that knowingly I know what I know as far as the perspective on things and see it with the same scope. Your mind's just got open. You now have a responsibility. You can't pretend anymore. You can't pretend not to know people. have a responsibility, man. Go check on that burger order. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's fucked up. Like, I mean, that's clear. We we beat that horse to death. But but there are other things we can definitely talk about. I mean, what kicked this off in the first place and and what's happening and the potential of what could happen, I think are all things that are definitely worth talking about, you know? Yeah. This shit with Russia... I don't know if this got into your news cycle over there in 2014. Talk to me. But that's when the Russians started fucking with Ukraine. 2014. Hmm. So in Ukraine, there is um, an area called Crimea. And I'm trying to see where exactly it is because I don't want to give you misinformation. But um, it's definitely on the uh, one of the border areas of um Ah, okay. It's a peninsula just off the uh, the mainland of Ukraine, but it belongs to Ukraine. Okay. And Russia invaded Crimea in 2014. This was a, the initial kickoff between these two. They invaded Crimea under some bullshit pretense because, let's be honest, the Russians are always on some bullshit pretense. You couldn't trust them back when they were the Soviet <laughs> Union. You can't trust them today. Let's just be clear about that. Let's be. I'm sorry to interrupt. The Russian government. The Russian government. We're always say, talk, I'm always talking about yeah. the Russian government. Yeah, yeah. When you see Russians, it's not the people because obviously there's people protesting out there. So there's some people that have sense. The government, though, you can't. They're fucking pieces of shit. I'm sorry. Just wanted to clarify that. Go ahead, sir. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, they they put out some, some bullshit about how there were Russians living in that 
in the Crimea who wanted to be part of Russia were were being treated badly by the Ukrainians. So they pulled they they they, they painted it as if it was a sort of a rescue slash humanitarian mission. Mm. They went in there. This is Ukrainian land. They went in and they took it over. Done. Dusted. Nobody really did anything. Can you imagine? This is like you mentioned the, the war, the Kuwait war, the one where I was in, in elementary school, right? Yeah. That started because Iraq wanted to go in and take Kuwait. That's how that shit started. Of course, we got involved because oil and whatever. But the Russians did the same thing with Crimea, the Russian government, and nobody did anything. And they've occupied it ever since. Wow. Why? Because a lot of the policies in Europe, and I really want to talk about this, especially German policy, but not right now. A lot of it has been, let's not be antagonistic with Russia. Let's, let's, let's do business with them. Let's do trade with them. And, and, and in doing that, we can make sure that they stay level and play the game. You know, yeah. don't antagonize them, whatever. So when they went ahead and did what they did in Crimea, they pretty much got away with murder. There maybe have been a few sanctions, but nothing serious. Now, in the last year, the Russians started to do the same thing in another area of Ukraine. I don't know if you heard the term. It's called a Donbass. Donbass. D-O-N-B-A-S-S. And that's another region in Ukraine. And they started to... Um, there were like some supposed like rebels or separatists or whatever uh, who were pro-Russia living in that area. But again, it's still Ukraine. I mean, you can have people who are pro-Mexico living in Texas. It doesn't mean that Mexico can come in and take over Texas. Too you sure. know what I'm saying? Yep. So, uh, and Russia used that as an excuse to, again, support them, uh, arm them. And then they started putting their people on the border, massing more people on their military on the border. And it just escalated until what happened on the 24th of February, which is where they just went full-blown um, escalation and just started invading the whole goddamn country. But Ukraine had to have seen this coming, bro. I know there's only so much you could do against Mother Russia. The thing is that Ukraine is in the shitty, shitty position because Ukraine is not a, is not a NATO member. And the fact that they have been squabbling with Russia since 2014 means that they weren't, they're not going to become a NATO member either. NATO is not going to let a country in who's currently fighting another country. Because the reality is that when you're a member of NATO, then any country that attacks a NATO member... We got your back. Means every country has to help that, that country. It's a gang. It's the, NATO it's is like a, gang, a gang. And we're saying, like, we got each other's back. So if somebody fucks with you, then we're all, we're all there. Exactly. And if somebody fucks with me, you guys are all here. Exactly. And, and under those circumstances, they were not going to let in a country who's currently fighting another country. Of course. Because it would mean immediately that there would be a war. <laughs> but I think as well, it's the, it's the country as well. Because fuck Russia, but Russia is Russia. And the person at the helm is a fucking lunatic that has nuclear codes. I think that doesn't escape people either. Because I think if it's not Russia, if it's somebody less powerful that wants to, to bang... I don't know. I don't know if if NATO necessarily says no in that case, even though they should, because the rule should be the rule. But I think it being mm. Russia is the same reason that we're not getting involved, right? Like, yeah, we're, we're going to put sanctions on them. We'll put a squeeze on them financially. You know, Mastercard, Visa, all these people are backing out. Which I feel for the Ukrainian people because I'm, I mean, sorry for the Russian people because the Russian people that don't agree with it, some of those people that are protesting in the streets, are now you know it's harder for them, right? They're 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 the ones being affected by the sanctions and by MasterCard and Visa pulling out and 
I don't even think they got Netflix over there, son. You know what I mean? Like everybody <laughs> is not messing with Russia right now. And that that's unfortunate, you know? But I think the country has a lot to do with it as well. Because for us, we we rather not. Like, listen, we're <laughs> we'll thump on anybody. You know how much money we spend on military. Come on, son. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're not we're we're ready, but we'd rather not. We'd rather not. <laughs> and and that's yeah. that's where <laughs> it's that's where we are. You know, let me tell you something. The only reason that Russia can do what it does and why people don't want to get involved with Russia is because they're nuclear power. Yeah. Not because they have a stronger army, not because they have more technology. It's because they're nuclear power with a psycho at the helm, period. That is the only reason. They have nothing else that they can... If you compare their military to the NATO military, they're outnumbered. For sure. Russia is. For sure. If you compare their the funding, they're outnumbered. You know, but but of course, as soon as you have a nuclear weapon, then everybody has to tiptoe. But let's be honest, the, the same thing that happened in Cold War, the same rules would apply. Did you want to jump in? Oh, sorry. I, I didn't want to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really annoyed about this. So I'm a little bit excited. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Talk about the Cold War, baby. I want to know. In the Cold War, there was something called MAD. M-A-D. It stood for Mutually Assured Destruction. What it meant was... The Russians won't launch nuclear missiles against Americans and the Americans won't launch nuclear missiles against the Russians because they both knew that as soon as one side launched, the other side was going to launch and both were going to be fucking dead in the nuclear winter. And so it made no sense. Of course, if, if you saw a launch, then you would do it because you had nothing left to lose. But it was clearly in their minds that if it got to that point, you might as well kiss your ass goodbye because it's done. Nothing has changed. I mean, if Russia gets froggy today and he's over here talking about how people should remember that they're a nuclear power, what does he think is going to happen? No, and he's saying that anybody that is placing these sanctions against him, these are acts of war. He did say he that. He did say that. So now that means that if you think you're not, your hands aren't dirty because you're not sending people over here, if you're still doing things to hurt Mother Russia, then you are an enemy to me. And that means that fair game. Anything can happen. Well, I'll tell you what. NATO, I think, is going to hold out as long as it can without getting involved because they don't want to give Russia an excuse to say, look here, you know, NATO or NATO countries attacked us or got involved with us. Because if they if they get involved, for example, the Ukrainian president wants NATO to set up a no-fly zone. Again, it's the same like what happened with Kuwait. It was one of the reasons I was in Kuwait, because yeah, we were defending the no-fly zone in the south. He wants the NATO to implement a no-fly zone, which means NATO jets or NATO defenses would cover the Ukraine airspace. And if any f aircraft flew, flies over it, they would get shot down. That would immediately put NATO into a war stance with Russia. So they're going to stand out, stay out of it as long as they can. But imagine if they were to get involved, then Russia has an excuse. So I think they'll, get out, they'll stay out of it as long as they can. Just, if nothing else, to not give Russia that excuse to, you know, to escalate even further. But if he does it, if he makes a mistake and accidentally drops a bomb that lands on, I don't know, Poland, then maybe NATO has the excuse that they're looking for. And then shit gets, gets, gets kicked off real quick. It's true what the Ukrainian president said, though. He's like, if you're telling me you can't approve a no-fly zone over Ukraine, then tell me when it's going to happen. How much more people have to die? My approach on that is that it's not... We're going to consider it if it gets bad enough. Either we're going to do it or we're not. Because while you're in that, well, let's wait and see. People are dying. 
And then if inevitably you're going to go in and do it, you could have saved a lot of people's lives. So NATO just needs to make up their, their, their fucking mind. And I know it's a sticky situation because it's Russia. And we said they have nuclear power, right? Just like everybody nowadays, but they have it. So I, I understand that we got to be careful, but it's just going to hurt my heart to see that their no-fly zone is eventually approved and how many Ukrainians have died mm. while we're, we're waiting. Oh, let's hold off. I get it. It fucking sucks, man. But what we need to do, we need to send Navy SEALs. Bro, we, <laughs> if anybody in Russia picks us up, me and you are dead. <laughs> well, no, no. Don't even say that. Cause you're good. <laughs> um, Navy SEALs need to go in there and take this guy out, bro. You know, I... I, I <laughs> He's apparently so paranoid. He's in a bunker somewhere. He's doing 3D images. Did you Did you <laughs> no, hear, about, hear that? about that? No. That he 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 made a movement and somebody noticed that his arm went through the mic. And then I think I have the video and then people started jumping on him and then Ukrainian president at the end of his speech he moved his mic over to kind of show like I'm here bro ground zero and you're somewhere in a bunker cuz you're scared. Get into what you were saying but let me see if I can find that. Yeah, send me that. Send me that. Yeah, I was just saying that he's uh, he's paranoid, apparently, you know, from what's been reported. Uh-huh. He won't drink or eat, like, in the presence of anyone that he doesn't know. Um, you've seen videos of him when he's meeting with some foreign leaders. He's sitting at this ridiculously long table. I don't know if you've seen pictures, but he's on one end and the, the foreign leaders are on the complete opposite end. Yeah, he, he's paranoid and, and he should be, to be totally honest. But I don't know, bro. I don't know. I just wanted to, to make that that point. Yeah. Certainly, they have more troops than NATO, apparently. But I, I don't think this is not the Cold War. I don't think having more troops on the ground is, is, is really, at the end of the day, what will win a war for you. I think it's really always going to be technology and, um, and how much you can bring to bear. And my opinion is that NATO is not going to implement a no-fly zone. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they ever will. I don't think so either. I think what they're waiting for is they're trying to break Russia's back with sanctions. I think that's what they're hoping, that it'll get so bad that he'll have to just pull out or whatever, back back off. But I think that they're going to be waiting a long time. Imagine, he's not going to want to, you know, he's going to... He's not going to want to be embarrassed in front of the world stage like that. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care about his people. So why should he care what, what sanctions are going to do to his, his, his people? So uh, his people will suffer for sure. They are suffering and they're going to suffer more. He doesn't give a fuck about that though. No, I think he's going to stay there. And I think Ukraine, and I'll say it right now, I think Ukraine is lost. I don't see Ukraine coming out of this hole. Let's put it that way. It's either one or two things are going to happen. I don't think that us going in there and killing this guy is going to happen because, again, we're not going to get involved. And he's not going to stop. You know, we mentioned it earlier. He's not going to stop. So it's it's kind of inevitable, with the exception that Ukraine gets back up. If nobody, if NATO doesn't intervene or another country that can give them some serious firepower doesn't intervene, it's just a matter of time. And it pains me to say that because that means that people are inevitably, again, are, are going to die if they can't flee. But that's just the reality of the situation because you're not dealing with the same man. Mm-hmm. So there is no reasoning. Exactly. Typically, when you go to war, you know, can there be a truce? Or either that or you just you give up right and you give into our demands and in the case in this case is either conform to the now this being russian land or get out or die but mm. i want to talk briefly before we get out of here I, I, there's a certain honor in doing things a certain way um especially when going to war right when we talk mm-hmm. about war crimes right innocent civilians dying 
is an example of that. I think that we can't we can't get out of here without highlighting how much of a lying piece of shit this guy Putin is, bro. Mm. He's he's constantly saying till today that he's not targeting civilians yet. Children's hospital has been bombed, and you're not gonna tell these were mistakes. Um, apartment complexes, businesses, you know, they're not going after just the military now. They're literally trying to kill the Ukrainian people, and mm. the whole while the whole time while they're doing it, he still is denying the fact that these things are happening. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit, bro. He is. This guy's he's a piece denying of shit. it. I don't want to say it, but let's not forget that Trump got got almost impeached for telling the Ukrainian president to get dirt on him for Joe Biden. Right? He's been Trump and Putin have been rocking together, bro. And there's people out here that are supporting Russian stance on hmm. invading Ukraine. Yeah, I'm not surprised. There's certain Republicans, I'm going to say it, there's certain Republicans, there's certain people on that quote-unquote far-right side that see what Putin's doing and applaud it. I want to point that out. But I, I, I had to just, I had to mention that because it just, it lets you know what this person is about and it's not a reflection on the Russian community as a whole, the Russian people as a whole, that would be unfair. But that guy's just... He's the worst, man. He is. There's no other way to put it. He's the worst. You 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 put it perfectly. Piece of shit. I mean, he's such a turd. <laughs> you know, he 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 wants to pretend that that he wants to lie to his people and make it sound like they're freeing Ukraine. At the same time, what he just implemented or what he just pushed through is a law saying that you can't report on the what they're calling a special military action because this is the double speak. They won't call it a war. You can't report on the war if unless you're 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 citing or quoting official government reports. Meaning independent media and anyone else and even a private citizen who wants to report on anything and it doesn't matter whether it's something that you saw or something that you've read or it better come from a government source. Or you can get up to 15 years in jail. So you tell me if this is a guy who's really in there trying to help and trying to free people and trying to, while he's trying to, you know, silence uh, people at home and, and make sure that they continue to, to swallow his lies. I mean, come on. He's trying to control the information that's putting out. So he's sure that his narrative is being spoken of. And then the people at home that know no better that rely on these, on the news to know where they are as a country can believe what he wants them to believe. So if, even if they're not winning the war, which I would say right now they're not winning. I think over over time they'll outlast them, but Ukraine has put up a hell of a fight. I don't know if you saw it. There was a shot of of them shooting down a helicopter. Did you see that shot? Yeah, I did see that. They're fucking doing the best they can. They're trying. But, they're and Russia trying. did not anticipate this type of resistance from them. So I wouldn't say they're winning right now, but I think they're going to outlast them, right? But yeah, it's just another way for him to control. It's, it's that communism, bro. I think Fidel Castro, when I think of this guy, you know, like you're controlling the media, you're controlling what what stories being put out there. There is no free media. There is there is no free thinking. There is no free choice. There is no free anything. I'm so glad you brought up um, Castro because Cuba was in the news recently too. The UN, it was totally symbolic. So it had no fucking effect at all. But whatever, people are dying and the UN is fucking talking. Great, that's what they always do. But they they had some kind of assembly where they wanted to all put out, you know, take a vote denouncing <laughs> the the attack that uh, the war that Russia started against Ukraine. 
and it got a majority vote, you know, so it did pass. But of course, there were some countries who dissented, like who voted against it, mm -hmm. and some countries who abstained, so who didn't vote at all. And Cuba was one of the countries that abstained, I believe, if not dissented. It definitely didn't vote for it, right? Because then as now, you know, they, they, can't, they can't make up their mind. Under Castro, for sure, you know, the communist thing, whatever, we know. But supposedly, or at least the impression was that they wanted to get out from under that yoke, you know, and slowly, like, you know, beef up the country. You know, when, when, when Obama was in office, he, he made some things possible again. He, he removed some, some embargoes sanctions. or whatever yeah. you call sanctions. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're still sucking on Russia's teeth. You know, they, they, they're too afraid to even come out and say, yo, uh, you guys are wrong here. Of course. It's ridiculous, bro. It's ridiculous. And, and speaking of Russia's teeth, uh, China, that's the other one. You know, these are like two peas in a pod. Communists. They're also walking the line. <laughs> I don't understand, man. The, don't these understand. are all communist countries, though. You know, Russia, China, Cuba. Mm. I don't think Cuba's going to be affected in a major way if Russia... I don't think it's going to make or break their day is what I'm saying. But they'd rather mm. not ruffle feathers and mm. be fucking cowards. Not surprised. Yeah, bro. All right, man. Well, see what happens. I still want to go fight for the Ukrainian people, though. <laughs> that shit hasn't changed, kid. It's fucked up. Well, imagine if they win, bro. Imagine if somebody comes and helps them, bro, and they win. And they got to kill that guy. And that's another thing. Before we leave, he's in a fucking bunker right now, bro. While he's sending people out to go fight, this fucking guy's in a fucking bunker. Let's talk about the Ukrainian president, bro, with a fucking bulletproof vest on. Did you see that picture? Yeah, I did. There's one picture of Putin. It's a huge table, and he's on one end, and then he has, like, six advisors at the other end, like, 50 exactly. yards down. That's what I was describing, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have the, the Ukrainian president in full gear. You could tell he's, like, in a cave somewhere on the, on the front line with his people. This fucking guy, this coward, man, is in a fucking bunker. You piece of shit, dude. Because he knows that people want him dead. It gets me so upset, man. Whatever, man. I know what the Ukrainian, Ukrainian president is, is not, what he's doing is not normal. Because Biden ain't going to be out here with a gun. <laughs> I get it. It's just from a movie. But it lends. He's, you know, he's he's not as old as a typical president. He's, you know, he's still got some life in him. Yeah. He has that vigor and the shit lends to it. So I love it, man. But fuck, fuck Putin, bro. Yo, if I'm not, if I don't make it, son, you know why. The KGB got me, <laughs> man. All right, bro. Let's want to fucking quote. I don't know if you got something else to say, bro, but I think. Well, oh, hold on. Do we want to talk about your possible viewpoint as far as if you would have to leave or do you not want to touch that? The reality is that you just don't know how quickly things can pop off. Okay. And if things pop off, I think that a lot would start happening really quickly, really fast. And I don't want... You guys should just come over here now. I don't want me and my family to be caught um, unprepared. You know, something pops off and maybe, you know, they're at school or at work and we can't get in touch with each other because when things pop off, you know how it works. You know, the can't get through on the phone. First thing, communication goes down. Exactly. Yeah, so down. we just had to have a conversation about that, you know. Should something happen where what we would do where we would meet and have a have a plan for then how we get out of dodge 
Because the reality is, if this asshole does make some stupid mistake or some stupid move and all of a sudden NATO gets involved, then that makes Germany fair game, just like a real NATO country here. So that's the unfortunate reality. Yeah, man. It's not a not a warm, cuddly feeling for me. All right, so Nick, let's get out of here, bro. Let's do that. Another one in the books. Hit him with that quote and let it ride. Today's quote is brought to you by Mucinex. <laughs> <laughs> what you saying, dog? <laughs> you're a little flemmy, dog. You're a little flemmy. <laughs> yay, yay. All right. Choose not to be harmed, and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed, and you haven't been. Hmm. That's from Marcus Aurelius. You want me to read that again? Listen, for maybe for the people. <laughs> All right, but I got it. But I do, I do want to hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> Choose not to be harmed, and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed, and you haven't been. Yeah, it's a, it's about even being harmed is a choice to an extent, right? It's what you allow, how you process things. There you go. Yeah, that's exactly it. Just like happiness is one. It's all about the choices we make, man. My boy Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered husband, daughter to a murdered <laughs> wife. <laughs> Oh, it never gets old. Speaking <laughs> of, I think I might watch Dumb and Dumber again. Hey, tonight. listen, it's nostalgia, man. I want to watch that with with uh, with your nephew, but I don't know. I don't know if I can get him to sit down and watch that. He don't think he'll like it. I don't know, man. It's a different generation, you know what I mean? When did we become the, you know, the images? Not that we necessarily had, but somebody, a parent, sitting you down and putting on this black and white movie that you could <laughs> totally disconnect it to, but to them means so much. You know, yeah, like the color purple or some shit. I don't know, you know. And then now with that, oh, sit down, let's watch Dumb and Dumber. He's like, well, man, this is different generation. He might think it's fucking horrible. Like, this is the old shit you're watching. I don't know. Even though I think some, you know, they, they stand up, bro. Dumb and I Dumber. I think Dumb and least. Dumber and Ace Ventura stand they up. They have but, to stand. But up. now that you mentioned that, <laughs> I was gonna, I, I would, I'll go one further. I was thinking of having him watch, <laughs> having him watch Roots. Roots. I don't remember Roots. <laughs> you don't know Roots with Kunta Kinte? I I remember I remember I remember like you guys mentioning it, and but I was too small to recollect. Well, there you go. If you were already too small, can you imagine? I know they cut off his foot and shit, and the whole Kunta, exactly. Because we always make we would make fun of things. Exactly. And you would call me Kunta Kinte sometimes. <laughs> fuck, I didn't forget about that shit. Like, fuck you. So I remember that, but I didn't remember the actual movie. Well, I mean, the fact that you don't remember it, can you imagine me sitting here? <laughs> nah, and nah. It? If it's two I, generations I told... over, don't do it. You have no way, no possible way you're connecting on that one, bro. I told your sister-in-law, she was like, yeah, no. He's like, <laughs> not, no, that's like the epitome of the black and white film in our, <laughs> like, in our generation. You need to learn about your history, boy. <laughs> All right, bro, let's get out of here. It's good to be back, man. It's good to talk, talk some shit. Stay safe out there, man. Yeah, stay safe, people. Wherever you are. Doesn't matter if you're in a war zone or not. Watch your back. Pay attention to your surroundings. Don't get caught. Don't get caught slipping. Don't slipping, man. This is a per- this is one of those times that I'm proud of being American and have the right to bear arms in it. Wouldn't you wouldn't you feel a little safer if you had a little heater at home right now? You see? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if uh, if the if the trade off is worth it though. I mean, therefore, I also don't have to worry about about people who sh- who shouldn't have guns having guns running around and shooting places up like schools. 
Mm. So this is one time that having the right to bear arms isn't bad. But the other 95% of the time, it's horrible. All right, there, we're out of here. There's a country, I think it's, I don't know if it's Switzerland. Nah, I, I love our right to bear arms, in all serious. Well, no, there's a country, I don't know if it's Switzerland or some or some Scandinavian country, maybe it's both, where where you, you can have weapons. I mean, I think you even, I think it's Switzerland, bro. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Switzerland, because Switzerland is amazing. But somehow they they still remain civilized, which is crazy. Unlike the United States of America. And on that note, <laughs> have a great evening, Phil. It's bro, we're just too big, bro. We're massive. Yeah. You know, it's it's too much territory to have everybody being sane. I agree with you completely. It's just too vast, you know. People, I don't know if people really get that. Actually, that's a really good point, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. You mentioned earlier. You asked me how many countries over is is Ukraine, and I told you two. Two. And people might think that's like a vast distance. No. But you have to remember the countries here are the sizes of states in the United States. So it's really a very, very big difference in, in land mass land that we're mass. talking about. Yeah. And like more land mass, more people, harder to, to have the sensibility at times. All right, man. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We don't know when we'll see you again, but when we do, it's going to be exciting. We got the next episode lined up for 2023, so <laughs> tune in for the New Year's Eve event. <laughs> All right, man. Take care of yourselves and each other. We out of here, baby. We'll catch y'all next time. Yes, Same channel. Same. What was it that I said? <laughs> I already forgot what I said because it's been so goddamn long. And and actually, it doesn't. It's not even true. It's not the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you just realized you've been full of shit this whole time, cynic. <laughs> we'll catch y'all next time, wherever that might be. Unchus. <laughs> Peace. You need to learn about your history, boy. <laughs> <laughs>